How's it going, y'all? Welcome back to the Cold Seat Podcast, where the seats are cold, but the takes are hot. We have a positional rankings episode today for the 2023 NFL Draft, and today we are covering running backs on this February 27th, as we are just a few days away from the NFL Combine. This will be our final positional rankings before we see how everything goes down in Indianapolis at the NFL Scouting Combine. Uh, obviously, that could definitely change some rankings. Some guys, you know, do really well or come out and have a poor week. Um, you know, their measurables aren't quite up to what people thought they would be. That could definitely, um, I think, alter some people's rankings of not only their position class, but them on the draft board as a whole. Um, so I guess with that, we'll get right into the running back rankings. I watched nine guys. I believe you watched nine as well or eight. Um, and I'll start out with a guy that I didn't think would make the cut. Obviously, we're doing top fives. If you're new to this segment of the Cold Seat podcast, we rank our top five guys. And then we talk about everyone else that we watched that didn't make the cut as kind of an honorable mention. Uh, one guy that didn't make the cut was Illinois' Chase Brown. He's out of London, Ontario. Um, five foot eleven, two hundred five, so pretty standard running back size. Gonna be twenty two years and five months at the time of the draft. Uh, definitely one of the older guys in this class. I believe the second oldest. Uh, he spent the twenty eighteen season with the Western Michigan Broncos. He then transferred to Illinois and played there from twenty nineteen to twenty twenty two. So five years of college a ball under his belt. He saw snaps in thirty one games at Illinois. His stats this past season were 328 carries, 1,643 yards, uh, 10 touchdowns, 5.01 yards per carry, 27 catches, 240 receiving yards, three touchdowns through the air, and four fumbles. So obviously the number jumps out. The number that jumps out, I think, is the four fumbles. He led this class in fumbles. I believe that he only lost two of them, uh, so he or a teammate recovered them, maintaining possession for them. But yeah, four fumbles over the course of, I believe, 11 games it was for them this season that he played in. Definitely not ideal, about one every three games. Um, but I mean, you look at his stats, he had almost 1,900 total yards. He had th 13 total touchdowns, over five yards of carry. He had 27 catches through the air, which, which was a little bit lower in, in terms of this class receiving-wise. Uh, one of the fastest guys in this class, though, uh, because of that, you know, at least a great burst through the line of scrimmage and past the sticks. Um, he had pretty good hands overall. Elite underneath and in the flats, I thought, especially with his yak ability, like I said, with the burst he has, he can cut up field quick. In terms of some weaknesses, I noticed he wasn't the best blocker. And occasionally he lacked some power when trying to run between the tackles. Um, he was better outside the tackles and he didn't run a lot of routes. So it was, you know. Pretty elementary, I think, his route tree. Um, I'd say probably four routes. He was really good running the wheel, uh, which you'd like to see from running backs. But just a more diversified route tree, I think, would have helped his stock a lot um, that he didn't really get to there at Illinois. I project him, you know, he might sneak into the tail end, like the comp pick section of a third. If not, he's going to be a fourth-round pick, I think. Definitely has some upside uh, with the speed that he has. You can kind of coach around that because speed is one of the tougher things to coach. Um but, you know, you coach him up running routes, ball security, and I think he could be a really solid complimentary back to a lot of backfields. But that's pretty much all I had on him. Yeah, um, didn't didn't I mean, I watched a little bit of Chase Brown. I didn't 
Um, we talked before the start of the pod. I, I watched Chase Brown. I didn't watch enough of him to feel comfortable giving a full eval on him. He wasn't going to knew it was going to be my top five. Um, but a guy who had a, a really productive year at Illinois, um, just a guy, and he hit the nail on the head. Um, from what I watched, again, fast breakaway speed, just lacking in a few areas. Um, I'll get another guy here that I know that you didn't watch. Um, that I did not that just missed the cut for me. That um, and I, and I will say this: he's going to be one of the first five running backs taken, um, simply because he's going to going to go to the combine and going to challenge for a record, and that's Devon A. Chain at Texas A&M. Um, he might go break a 40 record. He, I would bet the house on him running sub four, three. Um, I don't, I don't have his hundred time pulled up in front of me. You might know it off the top of your head. Um, I have no idea. Um, he was a, he ran track at Texas A&M, great track program. Um, five, nine, one but he's all, he's the best home run threat in the class. I mean, he's, he's a threat to take every single ball to the house. If he gets a crease, um, there's no safety. There's no corner. Uh, maybe no corner. Maybe there's a couple corners, but there's very few corners in the NFL that are going to be able to take an angle on him and get to him and track him down at an angle. Um, I mean, he's just he's so fast. I think he'd be a great return man, kick return guy. I just don't know. Um, you know, as a pure runner and as a pass catcher, I don't love his game that much. Um, and frankly, I just I question a little bit of how much of it of what he did at AM was just getting open creases and going, and it's just. It's so hard. You don't you don't get open running lanes in the NFL. It's so rare to see, um, and it's often like a week to week thing. Like you know, Derrick Henry, yeah, he's a beast, but he doesn't always have open running lanes. He has he has good. He had a good old line when he was setting records, but or you know approaching records. Same thing with like you know, Sa- even Saquon to a degree had a better offensive line this year. Look at the Niners as a team that runs the ball really effectively. The Eagles like they have great offensive lines, and like yes, they have. They block really well, but these they don't you don't see running lanes open like that in college like they do in the NFL. Um, so that, that's the one kind of big thing that I worry about with A Chain is how does that train how does he get his game as a runner and his vision translate? But again, the guy who is the epitome of speed and take the top off the defense. Um I had a hard time kind of pinning like words on all the guys that didn't get my top five, but A Chain was easy. It's just it's speed. I mean it's deadly speed. The guy's gonna be the fastest player in the draft this year. Um so going to be a reason it gets taken high. There's going to be a team that covets it. Miami, to me, is one that scream is just screaming at me that he that they would take him in the second round. Honestly, um, it'd be a massive reach in my opinion. But again, uh, with the speed that he's going to possess, is going to be a guy who could easily go, um, you know, top sixty, top seventy. Um, just some questions about how he translates as an actual running back to the next level for me. Yeah, for sure. A chain's a guy that I do think has some similar uh, traits to Chase Brown. But I think he's a guy that, like you said, speed is going to be a determining factor for him in terms of where he gets drafted. We know he's not an NFL-ready running back in the definition of what a running back is. But when you have that speed, I mean, it's similar to Henry Ruggs. Obviously, Henry Ruggs had a little better uh, you know, resume in college, being in Alabama and you know, playing really quality defenses and having good stats. A-Chain did have good stats against the same defenses, but it was just he wasn't. He was pretty much the focal point at AM. They didn't really have anyone around him. And he's another speedy guy that, similar to Ruggs, I think will go higher than he should. I mean, you look at that receiver class that Ruggs went in, and CeeDee Lamb and Jerry Judy should have most definitely gone ahead of Ruggs. But Ruggs was the first guy taken because of the combine. You don't have the combine. And I don't think the Raiders take Ruggs at, what was it, 11, I think. So yeah. A-Chain is 
definitely a guy that you could see going a lot earlier than he should based off, you know, you're drafting these guys to play in the NFL, right? This isn't, you know, a track and field draft. So he's going to be, I think, like you said, he could be a second round pick taken higher than expected, but I didn't get to him in my uh, nine guys that I saw. Like you said, he did run track junior year uh, up till senior year. He stopped obviously not running this year. Um, He has the number three, indoor 60 meter time all time at AM at a 6.6 crazy which is which is really good um stupid number four outdoor 200 at 20.2 which is i'd say equally as good um this is just AM records and then number nine all time at AM for outdoor 100 meter at a 10.14 uh, that's probably the most impressive number i think obviously he has the speed being the best runner breast sprinter uh at AM. but yeah i didn't get to him kind of just didn't jump out as one of the guys i wanted to get to so i might later um but nonetheless he's definitely has some potential in the league uh, but needs to very much so uh round his game out a little bit around his speed uh being one of the smaller guys he definitely should you know, if he wins the 60 out of everyone at the combine like he should, I think that'll be the you know calling card for him in terms of where he could get drafted. Um, but with that, going to move on to another guy I watched uh, and Sean Tucker out of Syracuse. He did not make the cut for me in terms of top five guys, uh, running backs in this class. He's out of Owings Mills, Maryland, so right where the Ravens have their practice facility, uh, not too far from where they play in downtown Baltimore. He's 5'10", 205. He's going to be 21 and a half at the time of the draft. So a true junior, you know, about typical age. He wasn't held back at all. Um, Spent all three seasons at Syracuse. Saw action in 33 games. He had a monster 2021 season with over 1,500 yards rushing. Fell off a little bit his his junior year in 2022. where he had 206 rushes, uh, 1,060 yards, 11 rushing touchdowns, 5.15 yards a carry, 36 catches, 254 receiving yards, two passing touchdowns or receiving touchdowns, and two fumbles, which was about, I think a lot of guys in this class had one or two fumbles. I think only one did not have a fumble. What I noticed from him is he had pretty solid balance. He can cut pretty quickly, similar to Chase Brown. Um, you know, he's athletic in space, basically a scat back that would be best as a complementary back in a system. Um, good straight line speed from what I noticed, similar to Chase Brown as well. Uh, weaknesses, one of the many guys that is not great in pass protection in this class. Uh, you look at running backs and a lot of the times um, they get snaps based off how they can pass protect. Um, of course, everyone wants the ball. I mean, that's why you play. But a lot of the times you get those extra snaps because you're a good pass protector. You understand coverages. Um or I guess protections on the offense and stuff like that. So uh, definitely have to work on that. In addition to that, as a weakness, he did have a few drops, uh, a little hesitant at the line of scrimmage, leading to short gains or tackle for losses for the defense. I notice he doesn't quite play up to speed with some others and could lead to some easy tackles for NFL defenses. Um, You know, a lot of the times for his size, I mean, you saw him not – break a few arm tackles which was kind of uh concerning but i think overall he'll be a guy that's probably top of the fourth round um definitely has a lot of potential he had the stats and 
you know, power five ball. So I think, you know, the opportunity is there for him. He's got to have a good combine. Um, I think the three cone drill or agility uh, is going to be good for him. Overall, uh, you just got to have good interviews for most of these guys. I think that's more than anything what differentiates them from each other being so closely ranked to each other. You know, always see running back second, third, fourth round mostly. So it's what do you offer that the others don't? And a lot of the times that's in the interview, watching film and stuff like that. So Sean Tucker was another guy that I got to that didn't quite make the cut. Um, I still have six guys to talk about, obviously five that I ranked. Um, but who else do you have that maybe I didn't get to or didn't make the cut? Yeah, um, I'll, I'll get the last guy I know that, that you didn't get to, and then we'll probably overlap on a couple guys here that, that uh, missed the cut for us. But as we've each got four here. Um, but I will add to what you just said about, you know, kind of where these guys' stock is. And um, a lot of it's going to be like, you know, for example, the, like the Chargers don't need a Deuce Vaughn type guy who I'm, we're going to get to in a few minutes. Or like like a Ty J Spears type running back. Like they don't really need that kind of back, like a pass catcher fluid back. Like they need more of a powerful like Zach Charbonnet type of back. You know what I mean? Like whereas – I can't see Miami because they don't have anybody in the roster anymore. They like no te- uh, running backs that are uh, under contract at the moment. But like, I would say, shoot, I was going somewhere with this. I was really good, and then I just kind of poof, it went away. Basically, what I'm saying is like it's gonna a lot of it's gonna cater like what the team specifically needs in a running back, um, what they want in a running back. Like, do they want a compliment? Do they want to like do like, two power backs? Like to like do. Last year, who did the – or two years ago, who did the – it was a Titans that took Hassan Haskins, who's a power back, more more powerful back than he was a, a speed back. And it was like, well, they just want to have two power backs in that offense to go with, you know, Derrick Henry, right? So, um, you know, it's it's really what the team wants, and it's that's why we talked about this before. It's a really diverse class, and it's going to determine a lot of, like, what certain teams want. Like, does the team want A-chain with speed, or do they want – you know, the shiftiness of a Ty J Spears type of guy. So, but I'll get to my last, my last player here that you, that you didn't watch was Keaton Mitchell out of Eastern Carolina. Um, and I'll, I'll kind of keep it short and sweet here. So for just for time's sake, but Keaton Mitchell was a really hard eval just because ECU's level of competition wasn't great. And when they played up against teams like NC state, their offensive line was in, they were outclassed across the board. Um, so it's just, it's, he was a harder eval, but he's a really explosive player and I like the fact that he he seemed to run at a full head of steam with really good explosiveness. Um, he, he's a little bit of an upright runner, but he he ran with with a purpose is what was I think the word that I oh the phrase that I I put on him. He ran with a purpose, and he, I liked his ability to get to full to, to get to full. His acceleration was nice. Um, thought he got to full he got to top speed pretty quickly, and I thought that he had good you know, getting to that fifth year of speed, he got there quickly enough from his, you know, fourth year to fifth year to kind of brick away from, from defenders. Um, which is a guy that's a little bit smaller frame. Um, I believe he's under six feet tall. If I look at this real quick, Keaton Mitchell. Um, let's see, Keaton Mitchell. Yeah. Five, nine, one, smaller guy. You're going to have questions as a pass protector, just as a, as an every down back, but an explosive player, um, that I thought has potential to transit to the NFL level is just a matter of like, you know, was the level of competition really the reason he was so good, or is it because running backs? 
Um, I will add into this that it's so hard for us to watch tape on running backs because we don't have, you know, all 22. We don't have end zone camera views. So it's hard for us to kind of watch film on these backs and get a good sense for their vision when you're watching from the broadcast view. Um, thought I'd add that in there before we, before we kind of round out um, the episode here before we get too far in. thought I'd mention that as kind of a, um, a disclaimer on some of these rankings as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, that's definitely a big factor when you're trying to rank guys based off what you see in their stats and measurables. And when you can't see as ideally as you'd like, um, it does make it a little bit difficult or at least tougher than it should be. Um, but nonetheless, still have uh, rankings from, you know, to the best of our knowledge of what we can see and stuff like that. Um, but Mitchell's a guy that I didn't get to. Um, he wasn't really anything about getting to him. I just kind of wanted to make sure I got to the power five guys first and a couple others. Um, he probably could have been in that couple others group. Um, want to get to him at some point, probably gonna wait till after the combine to watch the rest of the guys. Um, most definitely. I think he's another guy in this class that offers something that someone else doesn't. And it's really funny with this class because you said earlier, they're all so diversified and yeah, a couple of them share strengths, but for the most part, the only thing they share is weaknesses and mainly it's pass pro or, you know, elementary route tree and stuff like that. So I think when we do these rankings, you're going to see some similarities, but for the most part, they're going to offer different things. And that's what I like most about this class uh, in comparison to other classes, because other classes we see more power guys or more receiving threats. Uh, this class, we have it all. I mean, a lot of really good guys that could be taken, you know, all day on day two, early day three. Um, you know, even in a late day three, I think we could see some power or some high ranked power backs taken. Um, but yeah, I have six guys left or. Hold up. Who did I just talk about? You just got Sean Tucker in there. That was before I went. So you've got okay. you've got two more guys outside of your top five. Yeah, that's right. And if you want to right. if you want to nail both of them now, and then I can get to my two guys, and then we can get rolling. If that's easier for you. We can do that too. All right, cool. Yeah, we'll do that. Um, so yeah, I have two more guys outside of my top five. Uh, the first one is Auburn's Tank Bigsby out of LaGrange, Georgia. Uh, he's six foot, 213 pounds. He will be 21 years and eight months at the time of the draft. He spent three seasons at Auburn, appeared in 35 games, another true junior, just a couple months older than Sean Tucker. In 2022, he had 179 attempts, 970 rush yards, 10 touchdowns, 5.42 yards a carry, 30 catches, 180 receiving yards, no receiving touchdowns, and two fumbles. Uh, in terms of strengths, he had good size. He was ex explosive uh, after cutting, especially upfield. Um, he breaks weak tackles. He's great in the flats. He has quick feet, and he's a red zone threat. In terms of weaknesses, he had less catches than a lot of the other running backs in this class. Doesn't have the best hands. Uh, another guy that route running tree could develop. Not the most powerful and not the most twitchy. Um, however, he is explosive, good acceleration, similar to a couple other guys. But yeah, he's a guy that, you know, played SEC competition, obviously being at Auburn. Um, good size at six foot two thirteen, one of the, you know, bigger guys in this class. And I think definitely has a place, you know, putting him with a receiving threat, maybe like Miles Sanders, wherever Miles Sanders ends up. 
um, stuff like that. Just a little shiftier guys that are better in space where you could put tank between the tackles or maybe, you know, wherever you need him, really. He could be a good blocker. Um, he's better at that than most guys in this class, which is big. Um, but obviously that comes with knocks on a few other things. So it's pretty much all I had on him, a little bit short. Um, but yeah, he's a guy that just missed. Uh, I think really everyone that I didn't get into my top five, except Chase Brown, I feel like I could have. Like I could have gotten them into the top five. It was just tough, and I had to, you know, I had to make rankings, so I had to keep some guys out and put some guys in. And Tank's a guy that just missed it for me. Yeah. Um. So I, I guess I guess I have two more here. I know one of one of if not both are in your top five. Um. I guess I could get really did watch ten. Um. So I'll get I'll, I'll just throw these two guys out here and then I'll let you get to your last one and then start our top five. Um. First guy's Kenny McIntosh out of Georgia. Um. I mean he's got really clean tape. Um. He did a lot really really well. He's a really good. I think he has really soft hands for his you know as big of a back as he is. Um. My just my question with him, and it goes back to similar things we've seen from Georgia running backs recently, is like I I just I wonder how much of it was just the fact that Georgia their front was so dominant this year, and after especially after watching the Broderick Jones tape and just watching their offensive line manhandle, and every single game that they played, maybe other than the Tennessee game, I mean they got. And even Tennessee, like they they control the line of scrimmage the whole game. Um, you know, I just wonder with McIntosh, like when the when the waters get muddy, what does his game look like? And that's to me what the question is. Um, a guy that I probably could have gotten into my top five. I just for me the big thing that I like running backs is is a couple of things. It's one, um, just the ability to make guys miss in open space. And then it kind of goes hand in hand with like creating running lanes for yourself. Like when, when stuff hits the fan, how do you, you know, how do you react and how do you keep, you know, how do you make negative two into positive five, which in college you've got to be able to see because of the fact that competition across the board is just lower than we're going to see at the NFL level, especially in the running game. I'd like to see guys again, make negative plays turn into positive plays um that's a big one for me and then just the ability to make guys miss so um well I thought Madden touched a really clean tape just for me I, I question what his game looks like when the waters get muddy for him when the running lanes don't get clear or the right tackle gets beat by a swim move by, by the defensive end and he's sitting there in the gap like okay what are you going to do now and I just he didn't get a lot of that at Georgia hardly e- e- ever right just because they dominated everybody and it's not I, I don't want to knock him too much for that but with the guys ahead of him, that does come into play for me. And then the other guy, um, that I'll, and I'll let you get to your last guy, and, and we'll get rolling in the top fives here quickly, um, was Deuce Vaughn out of Kansas State. Um, we actually played against Deuce in high school. Um, he is an absolute freak. In fact, their offensive coordinator got fired the week after they played us because they just didn't get didn't give Deuce the ball the first three weeks of the season that our senior year and our Deuce's senior year. And the offense was like terrible because they just wanted to use Deuce as a decoy and it just wasn't working at all for them. And um, so they fired their OC like after a week three, and then they started giving the ball to Deuce like every play, and they went on a tear and make, made the play. They they made the playoffs. They ran the table the rest of the year. Um, they, he's a special, special player, man. He um, he's beat all the odds against them. I wanted so badly, 
to get him into my top five. Um, I just, from as niche of a role as he's going to play in the NFL, I just, I don't think he's going to be an every down back. He's going to be limited as a pass pro guy simply because he's like five, six. He's just, he's small. And while it's going to play to his advantage at times, I just don't like, you see the same thing with like the duck with Austin Eckler. And, and I use Austin Eckler as a comp because it's a real, like a player that's playing right now. I even think like Danny Woodhead's a good comp. I mean, Danny Woodhead was a little thicker. Um, but again, the, like the, from a, like these two, like they just, you don't see those guys on every single down as pass pro. Like when those guys are in, they're running routes. Um, but I will say about Deuce, he's super dynamic with the ball in his hands. Um, there's going to be a ball club that takes him probably in on day three and is going to get a damn good football player and a guy who's going to be um, awesome for them and is going to be an awesome pass catcher, going to make a lot of the guys miss and be one of the best niche niche role players in the, in the entire league. He's a two-time first-team All-American. He's a utility guy at Kansas State, which tells you all you need to know about his game. Uh, you can line him up in the slot, and he can play receiver really well. Um, I just, again, his role is going to be so specified in the NFL that I couldn't get him into my top five over the true runners that I had at five through one. Um, but again, Deuce is probably my favorite running back in this whole class, even even with the guy at number one um, that I absolutely love. Uh, Deuce is one of my favorite guys in this class, just being from the same area that we're from. Um, just just watching kind of his his career unfold as under-recruited out of high school because of his size, goes to Kansas State and tears it up as a two-time all first-team All-American. Um, you love the story. He's an awesome dude, um, and, I, and I'm definitely pulling for him. I just I couldn't get him in the top five. Like I could, I could, I wouldn't gonna feel it right putting him over other guys um, for that reason. But I love Deuce, and I hope he um, tears it up the next level. Yeah, for sure. He's a guy that I really like as well. Um, like you said, played him in high school. Uh, he was in our district, so played him all four years. We were there. He was the same class as us, obviously. Um, but going to K-State, I mean, K-State knows a thing or two about undersized running backs, um, having Darren Sproles years back. Um, but I'll talk about the same two guys and then tell you if or where I had them ranked. So I'll start with Kenny McIntosh, Georgia running back out of Fort Lauderdale, Florida. And he is six foot one, 210 pounds, 23 years and two months old at the time of the draft. So the oldest guy in the running back class. Um Spent four years at Georgia and improved each season with the increased volume. He saw 150 rushes, 829 yards, 10 touchdowns, 5.53 yards of carry, 43 catches, 504 yards, two touchdowns, two fumbles. Um, so another guy with two fumbles. And I think that, I mean, overall, he had pretty good stats. He had the least amount of yards out of the nine guys I watched. He was going against the best competition, granted. Um, and he definitely was one of the focal points in the offense. Um, I mean, you pretty much covered it. I'll try to say what some you didn't. Um, he's pretty versatile, I'll say. He has all the tools. It's just he's not really – he doesn't excel in anything, I don't think. He's a max effort guy, at least from what I saw. I mean, I don't think they ever played from behind, really. So like you said, uh, that could definitely change – if he goes to, you know, a team that's not too good, that's trying to build up. Um, he had efficient acceleration. Um, by that, I mean, like, he was more patient in his acceleration, and he always chose to accelerate at the perfect time, I thought. 
Um, he was pretty solid as a wide receiver, and I thought in the open field he was really good. Uh, in terms of weaknesses, another guy didn't have the best technique in pass pro. Um, being a, one of the taller, heavier guys, uh, you don't see it, that many guys in this class that are big. Um, I mean, he didn't have great technique. It wasn't a high effort in pass pro. It was kind of a cut block or something like that. Um, I will say his speed is short-lived. So like I said, with the efficient acceleration, it's not much after that. He doesn't have another gear. Um, and he doesn't have the highest football IQ. Um, I project him 55 to 70, which means like tail end of the second or top of the third. I think I could see him going there just from being from Georgia, a uh, good offense where he did um, produce for them. It's just not maybe at the standard or at the level that you thought he might. Um, and then another guy that I watched, you just talked about Kansas State's Deuce Vaughn out of Round Rock. Um, like you said, played him. He's 5'6", 176. He'll be 21 and a half at the time of the draft. He had a much better 2021 where he had 22 total touchdowns. Uh, he spent three years at Kansas State. 36 games total he appeared in. I think he started in 30-something of those, so nearly all of them. He had 293 rushes this past season, 1,558 yards rushing, nine rush touchdowns, 5.32 yards a carry. Through the air, he had 42 catches, 378 receiving yards, three receiving touchdowns, and just one fumble, which was against Texas Tech. Um, his strengths, he's laterally quick. He's one of the guys that can move laterally. seems like almost as quick as he can move forward. Um, he had a really high volume in college, which is great to see from a true junior getting him snaps early while keeping you know him being a young guy already having so much experience helps him. Uh, he's really quick burst and he's balanced for being so short. Elite as a wide receiver, uh, you know, in terms of how small he is, he's great at the catch point. And he had great feet, like I said, uh, being laterally quick. In terms of weaknesses, he can't really block that well being smaller and he doesn't try to be that elusive. I think he obviously, you know, another weakness is going to be his size, but he doesn't try to be that elusive, meaning he's really just looking for the home run play. Uh, he's not, you know, past the line of scrimmage. He's not looking to make as many cuts behind the line of scrimmage. He is a little more patient, a little more shifty. You don't see that as much past the line of scrimmage, you know, five to 10 yards downfield. And I think if we saw a little more of that, he kind of elicits contact. And I like that. But at the end of the day, you're trying to preserve your body for the duration of the season. And I think he can help do that by, you know, making some more cuts and not trying to, you know, run to guys and stuff like that. Uh, I project him, you know, fourth round, probably uh, he could go to the top of the fourth, but I definitely think if he does sneak into the third, it'll be from one of those back half teams, depending on, you know, trades could always obviously go down at any point, especially on days two and three. Um, but maybe 110 to 130 are the picks I project him to be. Now, where I ranked these guys, the guy that just missed the cut was Deuce Vaughn, and the guy at fifth was Kenny McIntosh. Okay. All so, right. All right. I'm with it. I'm with it. Uh, Kenny Kenny was the guy I just put him in uh, over Deuce because I think he has better, r more room to grow at the next level. Obviously, he's you know almost two years older, which is unfortunate for him. Um, he, I think he can just learn a little more. I think with Deuce being 5'6", obviously he has the higher like total upside. 
but Kenny has more room to grow in that Deuce is going to be a one-trick pony. Now, how good he gets at that one trick obviously will determine his potential, but Kenny is a guy that has a well-rounded game more so than most of the guys in this class. It's just how can he improve all those facets of his game? So that's pretty much what put him above for me, but it was really close between these two guys and Tank. I mean, those are three guys that I could have had in the top five, but I just went with Kenny, you know, but going against better competition, you know, Big 12 defenses, while they did take a step forward this year, still don't match with the SEC defenses. So um, I'll let you go back to your guys. But number five for me is Kenny McIntosh. Yeah, there there is a guy that's outside my top five that I have not mentioned, but I'm going to let you get to him because I know he's in your top five now. Um, and, I, and I'll get to him when I talk about uh, when I get to my guys here um but my number five well i'll talk about him when you get to your top five guys but my guy at number five is auburn's tank bigsby um i really like while tanks his numbers were not better than they were last year um by i mean by a hair i think he ran for you know, just over a thousand last year i think he was like 964 this last season so i mean under 100 yards difference, I believe, in his numbers from year over year. Um, but what I what I loved about Tank is it felt like he was always falling forward, for, not falling forwards, but like he was always gaining yards on the tackle. He'd get hit and he'd fall full. Like he was going to get tackled. He was falling forward for a couple more yards. He was dragging defenders with him as he was going down and going forward. Um, but a big thing that I liked about Tank's game, again, was his ability to make something out of nothing. The Auburn offensive line was bad this year. Um, if you go watch the tape, I mean, it's just it's bad. There's a couple plays against Alabama. There's one where he gets like an outside, he gets, gets like a zone right handoff. Um, like I said, it's supposed to go, you know, zone supposed to hit a a to b to c, um, you know, front side on the play, um, you know, from inside to outside, depending on the inside. If it's inside zone, it's supposed to go a b a to b to c. Outside zone, you're just kind of supposed to ride it to the outside, and you know, maybe there's a cutback in the b or the a gap or the backside a gap, but. It looks like – again, it's hard to tell because we don't have all 22 film. If I had end zone view, be chopping up this tape like crazy. Um, but it looks like it's an outside zone or maybe like a zone – maybe, honestly, I don't know. But, again, a, a zone right scheme. And I think it was Dallas Turner, like, just blows up the tight end in a scenario. He's like, all right, well, I'm here now. What are you going to do? And then I think it was, it was Byron Inger, one of the other IDLs, had kind of broken through in the three-tech and was sitting there. So he's got a defender in like in the C gap and he got a defender in the B gap. And it's like, well, what are you going to do now? And it's going, it's going to the short side of the field. And he kind of just like jump steps back and outruns him to the corner and picks up like seven, eight yards. Um, it was a ridiculous play. I mean, it's just like the definition of making something out of nothing. He's probably supposed to get tackled for like a three yard loss. And instead he surges forward for a seven, eight yard gain off of a couple cuts. Um, I think tag's kind of like one of those you never really see anymore just like as, as much as the game's changed. We just don't see running backs that are really dominant anymore. Um, he's like a, one of those good old like one cut backs where it's like he makes a cut, boom, and he can hit a hole and go. Um, yeah, I don't know what uh, – Auburn really didn't ask Tank to be a pass catcher for the most part for them. I don't think he lacks that in his game. He just doesn't have a lot of it. Um but I'll say this, he's a scheme versatile back. He can play in any he can play in a gap scheme, he can play in a zone scheme. He's just such a traditional running back. It was what, like six feet tall, 210 pounds-ish. Um, traditional back, 
you know, former five-star recruit. He's a really good athlete. Um, knows for the end zone. Scored 25 times through three seasons. 10 as a senior or 10 as a junior this year. Um, he's a true freshman starting running back for Auburn, which is which is really impressive. Uh, just considering the pedigree that they kind of have there, especially the running back position. Always, they always seem to produce like a, a running back of some sort in the NFL draft every few years. So um, I really like Tank's game. I think he's been forgotten in this class entirely. I think we're kind of seeing all this hype for guys coming out of the senior bowl and like, oh, we're finally watching tape of the small school guys, or we're getting you're finally getting to tape. Like Keaton Mitchell's a guy who's blown up on the scene the past like week and a half. On Twitter, Tajay Spears is a guy who's gotten a ton of love, rightfully so. Some people have watched the SC game and people have watched people watch Senior Bowl. T- Tank's a junior. He didn't get to go to the Senior Bowl. He didn't get to go do whatever. Auburn wasn't very good this year. He didn't get a lot of eyes on him because Auburn, frankly, was kind of kind of terrible at times. The offensive line was bad and they had bad quarterback play. So Tank didn't get a lot of eyes on. I think I think Tank's being forgotten about. And um, the word I gave him was score, man. When, when he gets in the red zone. He's got a nose. He gets around the goal. He's got a nose for the end zone. Uh, it's impressive. I think he's a reliable, really reliable running back, um, especially down in short areas. And I just, I like what he can do as a runner, and I like what he can do as an all-arm running back. And again, um, I, I'll, I'll, I, I'm gonna save the label for like my guy in this class, for the guy I have at three. But I love Tank Bigsby, and I, and I'll definitely go to bat for Tank here in the coming, you know, the month, next month or so, as we get towards the draft. People continue to sleep on Tank. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, Tank, like I said, as a guy that was in that group that I could have put in the top five, but it was just tough. And at the end of the day, he missed the cut uh, in favor of Kenny McIntosh. So Tank's definitely a guy I think could could enter the top five for me uh, before draft time after combine. But yeah, I mean, I think we share a lot of the same thoughts on him. It's just, you know, maybe you saw something a little better than him than I did, and you saw something worse than other guys than I did. So it's all subject to, you know, what you think based on what you see from the guys and everyone has different opinions, obviously. Um, that's why we're both given our rankings. Um, but yeah, I got four guys left, four guys that we haven't mentioned to this point in the episode three and four are really tough for me. Um, I went back and forth on them a couple times. Um, and I think five, six and seven, I was going back and forth on. And I think that was probably where I'd put the tears as of now. But my fourth guy uh, is a guy that came on strong, and it's Tulane's Tajay Spears um, out of Pontotula, Louisiana. He is a guy that I love. I mean, this guy is the epitome of a running back, I think. He's 5'10", 195. So, I mean, he's not that big. He's honestly the same size as me. 21 years and 10 months at the time of the draft. Um, He was born on the same day as me, just a year earlier. Um, he had improvement each season and he had four years of production with Tulane, 25 games appeared in, in the past two seasons, which is big for him. Um, I also noticed with him is that he was a high volume guy. He was the focal point of the offense and he carried them really. I mean, their only loss of the year was to UCF, I believe. And they avenged that loss in the conference championship game where they rolled them by like. 21, I want to say, um, maybe 17. Uh, but you look at his stats, he had 229 rushes, 1,581 yards. He had 19 rush touchdowns, 6.90 yards per carry, um, 22 catches, which is lower in the class. Um, 
you know, 256 receiving yards, two receiving touchdowns, three fumbles. Granted, two of those were at the two, last two games of the season, um, you know, against better competition. I noticed he's pretty balanced and agile are two big words I had for him. Um, he's a good route runner. He has soft hands. Um, he brings some power as well, though. He's fast. He has a high football IQ. Um, obviously, I want to see a little more production, uh, just a little more volume from him playing better competition. In terms of weaknesses, he wasn't the biggest or the strongest, like I said, and I thought he was better outside the tackles in space, um, you know, on the perimeter. He wasn't the best blocker, uh, but better some, than some other guys in this class, and he did have occasionally, you know, high pad level, which a lot of guys in this class do. Um, you know, I project him second round. He might slip to the top of the third, uh, maybe 55 to 70 overall. Um, but I really, really liked him, and I'm I'm really looking forward to see not only where he goes, but how he does early on, and how teams take it with him. Uh, you know, whoever takes him, how they ease him in, and what they want out of him, and what the rest of the backfield looks like. So, he's my guy at four, Kenny McIntosh at five, and I have three guys left. And then I'll let you get to your guys. Yeah, Tajay Spears. Did not make the cut for me. This was the guy I was talking about. I, wa- I wanted – I so badly wanted to be in top five. The game against USC was one of the single best running back – games for running back overall. Um, I mean, he's a stud, man. He's awesome. Um, what I what didn't get him into my top five and what kept him out and what, frankly, you hit on is, is, is the ability as a pass protector is not up to par – um, you know, he, it's not, I mean, a lot of guys struggle with this in college. Um, but for me, like Spears, just, he was not, he wasn't a good enough pass protector for me to go, you know what? Yeah. Let me get him, get him at the top five because I, I question he's got a, I mean, he, he's listed on Tulane's what's what? 5'10", 180 is what he's listed at. 5'10", 195. I got from ESPN. I don't know if he's going to be 195, dude. He doesn't look, he looks, he looks like he's like 5'9". I don't know what he's going to, actually, he was 5'9 at the senior bowl. I remember that. Um, but I just, I question his ability to run in between the tackles at the next level as a smaller frame guy who did, I don't think took on contact well as a blocker. Um, he's an awesome pass catcher. He's awesome. The word again was shifty. I mean, he's awesome with the, with the ball in his hands. I just wonder how he's going to be as, a, as an in-between-the-tackles runner at the next level. Um, the guy I have at number four is Zach Charbonnet from UCLA. Who The word I gave him was physicality. Um, and I think, as you'll kind of see, as again, as it got through my rankings, I think as you get through your rankings, a little bit of a stylistic preference. And I think this is a big one within the, within the scouting community and the draft community. Um is a lot of it's a stylistic preference of how you what you like running backs to be. Um, I prefer running backs that are a little bigger. I I value the ability to 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 break tackles with physicality and make guys miss than a guy who's just really really fast or a smaller shiftier guy. I think um, I just think that at the next level, I think I value that more than others. And and there's no right or wrong answer. That's that's the beauty in in scouting, right? There's no right or wrong answer. Um, but that's another reason Spears missed the cut for me. But Zach Charbonnet, dude, this guy. He looks like an SEC running back who like transferred to UCLA. I mean, he's a, he's a Michigan transfer. He transferred in ooh, what, 20, 
19, I want to say. He transferred after the 2020 season. That Okay, that's right. It was after the shortened season. Um, he not only didn't get any, any playing time at, at Michigan, it's just more that, like, I mean, he made nine starts at Michigan in his career. He played 18 games. I just don't know if he felt like he could go be better somewhere else as an RB1 with, you know, Blake Corum coming in. Um, I don't know why I'm forgetting his name. Donovan, what's his last name? Edwards. Yes, Donovan Edwards. Just a lot of running. A, a, a big stable of backs there. By the way, Blake Corum would have been a top five back for me if he had come out. I will say that. Oh, yeah. Um. But he said, which I think was a total mistake for him. But we can, that's a conversation for another another podcast, maybe. Um, but yeah, Corbin should have come out now, dude. I get the knee injury, but like, you gotta put another 200 plus carries on your knees, bro. Absolutely not. Bad, bad decision, but whatever. Um, no, Charbonnet, I mean, dude, he's so physical. He's 6'1, 220 is what UCLA has, UCLA has enlisted at. Could see him coming in at like six foot, two. 18 to 22, whatever. I mean, he's just a, he's a big, powerful back. Um, it just he, he so often made I feel like he made DBs look silly as a runner. Um, he's really, really physical. That's how he that's how he won. He didn't have the great breakaway speed, but I think he has enough speed to like break a tackle and get going through safety. It's like if he gets through a safety and he's already 20 yards downfield past the next corner, it's like, well, I mean, they got to chase him down so. Um, and it's not going to be easy to tackle him. He he made DBs look silly trying to tackle him. Um, threw a couple of Derrick Henry stiff arms out there uh, against some of the Pac-12 DBs he was up against. I just I really liked Charbonnet's physicality and and downhill running style. Um, felt like he was always looking to punish guys and punish linebackers and defensive backs that came to tackle him. And I loved I love that mentality from him. Um, another guy who was a finisher, man. He got into the red zone. He was going he was going to score. Um, really strong back. Curious to see what he jumps in the vertical. I know he's a little bit heavier, but curious to see what his vert is um, as an explosive runner. Uh, and I'm a big Charbonnet fan. I know you've obviously got him in your top five as well. Um, I'm going to guess at three. I don't think anyone's going to clear the two guys we have. Two, but maybe he's a two. I don't know. We'll see. But um, I'm a big Charbonnet fan, and I really like the physicality that he plays the game with. Yeah, I agree. Um, flows pretty easily because Charbonnet is my guy at three. Out of Camarillo, California, he is six foot one, two twenty, like you said. Twenty-two years and four months, so four years in college, two at Michigan with the Wolverines, and then two years with the UCLA Bruins. Back-to-back monster seasons for UCLA. Um, you know, the volume skyrocketed, the production skyrocketed when he got to UCLA. He had thirteen hundred and thirty-four total yards in twenty twenty-one as a junior. See stats his past season: one hundred ninety-five rushes. 1,359 rush yards, 14 rush touchdowns, 6.97 yards per carry, 37 catches, 321 receiving yards, no receiving touchdowns, and two fumbles. Um, Try to touch on some different things. Like you said, great size and strength. He's a really strong runner between the tackles. Like you said, um, it looked like he did belong to the SEC. He's pretty patient, and he did have a good catch radius. Uh, He gets upfield pretty quick for his size as well, being one of the, you know, maybe the all-around biggest guy in this class. Um, got up field pretty quick, uh, you know, almost nearly seven yards of carry. Um, you know, it can sometimes be a little too indecisive at the line of scrimmage, I thought. You know, with him being patient as a strength, maybe being too patient could be a weakness. He's not too fast or quick. He's just all-around back. I mean, he doesn't have any weaknesses. It's just kind of taggy things that 
you know, he could improve a little bit on that you can coach. Um, he doesn't have a lot of moves, but another thing you could fix. And he's not great as a blocker, I thought, for being a bigger running back. Uh, he was definitely one of the better blockers, but still uh, doesn't mean you're, you know, a great blocker in the grand scheme of things. Um, definitely think he could improve on a lot of this, you know, rookie mini camp, OTAs, training camp, and be a much better back just, you know, in six months when we have preseason games, I think. That'll be big for him to see how his offseason goes more so than other guys. I project him 40 to 60. I think he'll be a second-round pick for sure. Um, In terms of where, that's going to depend on where our top two guys end up going and when they end up going. Um, But second-round pick for sure. I think he has all the tools to be really good, and his weaknesses are more coachable than a lot of the other guys' weaknesses, which was big for me. Um, But I'll get into my number two guy real quick. Uh, and then I'll hit it to you and you can get your one and I'll finish it off. Um, my number two guy is Alabama's Jameer Gibbs. He is out of Dalton, Georgia, so not too far from campus. He's five foot 11, 200 pounds, and he will be just over 21 at the time of the draft. The youngest running back in the class. Um, he spent 2020 and 2021 at Georgia Tech, then played for the Crimson Tide this past fall in 2022. This past season with them, he had 151 rushes, 926 rush yards, seven rush touchdowns, 6.13 yards per carry. Very solid in the SEC. 44 catches, 444 receiving yards, uh, three receiving touchdowns, and no fumbles. The only guy in this class with no fumbles uh, that I looked at, and I think there were a couple other guys. So I have 11 guys I saw something on. Uh, he was the only one without fumbles, without a fumble this past season. Um I noticed he was great in the past game. Um, one of the better receivers in this class. I think that's kind of his calling card, uh, not a power guy. Very explosive and athletic. Interested to see what his vertical is um, and just combine results in general. Um, I think he cemented into the RB2 spot in this class, um, obviously with a really bad combine. Could change some things uh, with some other guys having some good combines. But he's, I think he's the most vert- versatile running back in terms of the guys we talked about um speedy he's fluid in all aspects and he's pretty agile like i said um being one of the best athletes in this running back class in terms of weaknesses he is a little bit smaller and he's not powerful you wouldn't tell he's 200 pounds he's probably gonna be a little bit lighter at the combine or i don't know maybe he'll bulk up for the combine and slim down for the pro day um ideally he's paired with a power back he's a complimentary guy i think um you know, he's not a bell cow. I think he gets picked 30 to 50. I say that because if the guy we have at one gets picked earlier, then he could slide into those last couple picks of the first round. If the guy we have at one goes in the later part of the first round, then he'll be a day two pick for sure. Um, I think he's definitely the second running back taken. I think him and the guy at one are kind of in a class of their own in terms of, you know, ability, production. Um, I mean, for the competition they won against, it was – more i guess impressive with their numbers whereas you know jameer i think the percentage of total yards he had receiving was a lot probably the highest in this class in terms of total yards you have this percent receiving this percent rushing he probably had the highest percent receiving um so i think that's what a lot of teams like nowadays in their running backs at least i think teams have more receiving back holes than they do power back holes um 
So I really like him a lot. I think he really made the right decision going to Bama. I think it was best for him, best for his game. And Bama had a whole running back, and it worked out perfect for him. So he's my number two guy. I got one guy left, but I'll let you finish it off. Yeah, um, I'll, just, I'll just talk about Gibbs now. He's my number two running back, and I'll, and I'll get to my number three um, here in a second. But I will we'll let it flow here with Gibbs. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll look at the same sentiment. He, he's an awesome – he's the best pure – that's not true. He's not the best receiving back in the class. That's the that's that's Bijan Robinson. Because Bijan's the best at everything in this class. But Jameer is is the best in terms of like he's the only guy. He's the best guy in terms of like he's the I don't know how to say this. He's a pure like he's a receiving back if that makes sense. Like everyone else has like Bijan's such a well-rounded player. Like you're drafting Jameer Gibbs not because of what he can be as a runner, but because of what he can be as a receiver for you and, and as a threat in the pass game. He gets the Kamara comp a lot, and I think it's because like in games where he wears the turf tape, he looks exactly like Alvin Kamara. Same build. Um, he plays with the dreads out of his helmet usually most of the time, and obviously Kamara does. Um, so they get that comp a lot. I, I think he's more like Dalvin Cook personally, um, and it's obviously those are two lofty comps to put on him but like from a play style like dalvin offers offered a lot of upside as as like a as a runner but what dalvin was great at in college was like man he could be a great pass catcher the next level which i think what you're betting on gibbs with um but he's just he's a special special running back dude in, in certain aspects like i think he's got ridiculous like he might be the best i'll give this to him he's the best stop start back in this like acceleration from zero to 100 on him is crazy there's a clip, I believe it's a oh, – who's it against? I may be against Auburn where he catches the ball in the flats and he – oh, I think it's against Tennessee. He kind of does like a little stutter step, a little hezzy, and then he and he, go, he goes up the sideline. And it looks like the guy – like the defender should tackle him like from where he catches the ball for like a 10-yard gain and he makes it like a 20-yard gain. I mean, he puts on the burners quick. Um, ridiculous acceleration, like I said. So – a um, couple questions as a pass blocker is a little, little bit of a s- slimmer frame. But again, I think he's a fine pass blocker, to be honest. I just, at the next level, how does he hold up? Um, but he was he was leaning on really heavily. As, he was, I mean, the leading receiver on the Alabama offense this year, which should tell you a lot. Um, but I do like what he does as a runner, and I think he's got really good vision as well. So, um, but just a couple things. Obviously, he's not, in most classes, Jameer Gibbs is an RB1. I will say, like, like last year, Jameer Gibbs is RB1. The year before, Jameer Gibbs is probably RB1. over Maybe over Najee, I don't know. It's hard to tell. But, again, like, he's a very talented player. Um, the word I gave him was smooth. He just, in his running, in his pass catching, in his, you know, with the ball in his hands, he just, he's so smooth. So, um, with the guy I have at number three, player you did not watch, was Roshan Johnson out of Texas, the other Texas running back. The word I gave Roshan was dude. He's a he's just a he's a dude, man. He does everything so well. Um, I don't know if people are like skipping over his carries because like they're watching like full on like full Texas games, not just cutups. They're watching full Texas games, or if like they look at the production, which was let's see, I have this tab here. You know, I mean, he only ran for 545 rushing yards this year and five touchdowns. People are like gonna go poo poo on 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 the production, guys. He had the best running back in the country in front of him, in the country. Bijan's going to be one of the best running backs in the league next year as a rookie. Like, 
if you five point eight yards a carry, if you put that on Alabama with Gibbs, he's gonna have a better year as a runner. You put that on you put him on Georgia, he's RB one. He's the starting running back of Georgia. Like you put him on any almost any other team in the entire country, he's honestly any team in the country, he's gonna have better he's he only had he only carried the ball ninety four times. You put him on any other team in the country, he's gonna carry the ball more than ninety eight times. So I mean, he only played 142 snaps this year, as opposed to Bijan played 278 snaps and carried the ball 257 times. And he caught the ball, I don't even know how many times. I don't even have his, he had 19 receptions this year for B. It's like Bijan did. It's like, you look at Roshan's numbers, and Roshan had 14 receptions for 128 yards. I mean, I, I'm not saying he's like this great receiving back, but he's such a dude. He's so... He's such a good athlete. He's a, got recruited. He's an All-American quarterback in high school. Got recruited to play quarterback. Early enrolled at Texas in 2019. Has to – he switches to running back the week before the season starts because they had a bunch of injuries in the running back room. Basically, as a starter that year, ran for like 600-some yards, which was, by the way, the most yards you ever ran for because in 2020 is when Bijan got there. And his carries went from 123 to 80 and then 95 and 94 this past season. So – 5.8 yards of carry this year, 5.9 yards of carry last year, only one career fumble. Um, I mean, he's just – put it this way. On 46 carries, he broke 94 tackles. Bijan broke 104 tackles on 257 carries. It's a higher broken tackle percentage. I'm just saying. If you watch the – if you actually watch his tape and watch his – the limited carries he got at Texas, he's a dude. He's an absolute dog. He runs people over. He gives him he gives him the Derrick Henry stiff arm. He runs it. He's got I think he has great breakaway speed, honestly. The only thing that keeps me from putting him at two, frankly, is the fact that Jameer Gibbs is just a special athlete, dude. If Jameer Gibbs is gonna run sub four four at the combine, I think. He's a special athlete, dude. Like if you take Jameer Gibbs away from this class as such an elite pass catcher and as an elite runner, I think again, he's in a tier the tiers in this class to me, like Jameer's in a tier of his own, Bijan's in a tier of his own at the top, and then it's clearly Gibbs is as RB two. And then it's the rest of these guys. Man, like Roshan, I mean, if you give him – and, again, it's hard to say because you didn't have the production, but if you put him on a team with more production, like, dude, go off. The, he would have gone off. So I just – I don't know. I, I hate seeing people – this is my guy. Roshan is my guy in this class. I know we. I know it's it's rare to see two guys from the same university as in, a, in top three of our position rankings outside of, like, maybe a receiver from Ohio State because there's – crank out receivers every year but like i don't know what people aren't watching with roshan i mean unless you just had like like you just didn't get to him but like dude i'm telling you he is a absolute dude it must have been must have been a hell to play a linebacker against these guys because on what because whenever Bijan checks out of the game you gotta go deal with this dude who's going who was going to run you over by the way like he's going to run you over he's got really good vision I think he's got soft hands for a for a bigger back. I mean, Roshan's Roshan's 6'2", 222. Like he's a big dude. It's a big running back. Um, like he, but he, I don't know, man. I I just, I don't know what people are missing with this dude, but he's an absolute stud, man. I love him. He's an awesome back. He'd be perfect for the Chargers, dude. I I hope we pick him in like round four. He's awesome. I don't know if he's gonna be a super highly picked guy. I mean, maybe the NFL sees it, though. Maybe they see it and pick him in round two. I have no idea. Um, I'd pick him in round two. Pick him as a third back taken. But and he's a, he's an awesome he's an awesome runner. Um, again, he's not like this great receiver, but he's got soft hands. can play the screen game nicely. 
um, blends the speed and power nicely in his game and um, good contact balance. I just, I mean, not the best route runner, but like he got breakaway speed, limited production's a knock if you want to give that to him, but he could be a workhorse for a team, dude. I'm telling you right now, he could be an RB1 for somebody. So I'll put my stamp on Roshan Johnson. That's my abs, my dude in this class. I like it. Yeah, like you said, he's a guy I just didn't get to. I did definitely notice him. Um, I honestly thought he was really good this season, and well, I did have limited volume, limited production because of it. Um, like you said, if you if he goes to another system, uh, you look at a lot of other teams could have used a running back. You know, not even out of the ten guys that we looked at, um, a lot of teams in the SEC needed one. Like LSU jumps out. A lot of these running backs that you know have to wait their turn. We saw it with Brian Robinson last year, and we never got to see Roshan Johnson wait his turn. He was never the guy. Um, declaring be, never being the guy is definitely interesting, and I think for him it's going to be really big for him. All this offseason stuff. Obviously, there's going to be a ton of scouts at the UT Pro Day. That's going to be massive for Roshan. Way, way bigger for him than Bijan, I think. Um, it'll be really fun to see how he does in those drills because obviously you don't normally see two guys doing the same drills at the same position for the same school that could be highly touted. Obviously, one of them is. Um, but I like Roshan a lot. I definitely think I'm higher on him than most. I just didn't get to him. Um, I don't know if he would have gotten my top five. I'd have to, you know, go back, look, then go through my guys. Um, but I do really like him. I do agree with you. I don't know why a lot of people aren't talking about him. Um, he has all the potential to be a, you know, a good pro at the next level. Really complimented Bijan well. I think maybe for it to be the perfect compliment, you needed Bijan to be a little more of a receiver. Uh, maybe he's the perfect compliment to Jameer Gibbs in terms of just system guys. Um, but Roshan's definitely a guy that I think a team's going to get lucky with on day three, uh, maybe day two. I think third round, you could see him go just because there's always a running back run in the, in on day two, second and third round. Um, but I definitely will be looking forward to see how this running back class goes. There's so many good running backs, so many guys that can go wherever, literally after round one. Um, so it'll be fun to see the order they go in. Can I, can um, I make a comparison real quick? Here. From an from an eval standpoint, he reminds me a lot of the way Damian Pierce got evaled last year. You know what I mean? Like Damian Pierce, obviously, like I'm after I'm gonna I'm gonna pull up the I'm going to pull up what's it called? Let's see his numbers on here. Um, just because I want to see what his numbers were like last year compared to Roshan's. But Damian Pierce really wasn't scouted that heavily until late, and then like he gets drafted in the third. What was a third running back taken last year? Let's see. Yeah, 100 carries. Yeah, similar numbers, dude. 100 carries. Not a, I mean, son of a, not a lot of reps last year, right? Like, but dude, he's a dog, man. I'm telling you, he's. That's the comp right now is Damian Pierce for the way he was evaled last year. Nobody really knew about Damian Pierce until late. People got on him late, and then the NFL was clearly higher on him than everybody else was. And here we are. Damian Pierce had a great rookie year. Just saying. That's funny because when you were when I opened our spreadsheet of all our rankings, I 
saw Roshan on the list of all the running backs that we were going to, you know, pick to rank or leave out. And I thought of Damian Pierce when I saw Roshan. It was just, I'm just a that's, big that's similarity. What, reminds me. Like, they're not, they're very, like, they did a different players. Like, what? Damian Pierce is 5'10, 280. He's just, he's a little smaller, more compact. They're both physical players, though, but, dude, I'm telling you. The eval is so similar the way they're get their way they're like they're getting treated right now they're just kind of getting slept right. on because they didn't have a lot of volume but um I'm telling you man it's a stud all right well both our number one guys the only guy we haven't talked about in terms of the you know 10 11 guys that we watched or heard about or looked into uh, is Bijan Robinson out of Texas teammate of Roshan Johnson he's out of Tucson Arizona I'll touch on him briefly because I know you're higher on him than I am. Um, Nonetheless, he's still my running back one, uh, six foot, 220. Really young as well, 21 years and three months. So I think he just turned 21. Just had his first beer. Right. So first legal beer. um, Six foot, about average for running backs. Um, I don't think he played at a really competitive school in Tucson. I'm not sure. but I think he's just like a professional. I think he does everything really well. Um, he's a five-star recruit. Um, he had 901 total yards in 2020, 1,420 total yards in 2021. He appeared in 31 games with 28 starts and has 41 career touchdowns. Um, 2022 stats, 258 carries, 1,580 yards, 18 touchdowns. 6.12 yards a carry, 19 catches, 314 receiving yards, two receiving touchdowns, and two fumbles um, back-to-back weeks, I believe. A guy that, um, I mean, everything's pretty solid with him. I mean, size and power, he's elusive, he has solid vision, he fights for the extra yards, he has good moves in open space, you know, spin moves, stiff arms, stuff like that. Um, and he's really solid in the pass game. Um not the most receptions just because their offense was kind of up and down this year, especially, you know, who was at quarterback um, in terms of weaknesses. I guess he's not the fastest. He's not going to run one of the faster times. I don't think um, sometimes trying to f- find holes that can lead to him being too hesitant and leads to minimal gains. And he needs to sustain blocks a little bit better. Roshan was a better blocker. Um, just, that's just how it was. Um, you know, Bijan normally came in because he was getting the ball or he was a decoy, not because he was coming in to be the sixth blocker. Um, so, I mean, not a ton of reps as a true blocker, and I think we'll see more of that, see him be used more as a blocker at the next level. Um, but I, it just sustained him a little longer, I think, was the main thing. I project him 12 to 32. I think he'll be a first-rounder, but you just really never know with running backs. You never know. Um I mean, if he did fall into the first round, I think one of those teams is going to take him at the back half. You look at, you know, Cincinnati, Joe Mixon situations, interesting. Eagles obviously have a whole running back with Boston Scott and Miles Sanders being free agents. So those are just a couple teams that could take one. You know, you have the Bills as well. They had Naheem Hines, but they really need a running back. So I like him a lot. He's a true pro. I think he's going to be really solid year one. Um and we've seen a lot of running backs come in and do really, really well year one. Um, whether they maintain it year two and on, um, I guess it's too soon to say. Uh, for a lot of the guys drafted in the past few years, you know, you look at Saquon, torn ACL year two. Um, you look at 
who else? I mean, Kenneth Walker had a really good season this past season. Obviously, Camara a few years back had a really good rookie year. Um, I mean, Brees is on pace. Brees is on pace for an offensive right. rookie of the year until he until he got hurt. So, right. So it's just ultimately for these running backs, can they stay healthy at the next level? Um, you know, and overall, maybe don't overuse them, but make sure you get them their fair share and definitely take advantage of the talent you have. So I like him a lot. Uh, definitely one of the highest ranked running backs in the past decade. Um, you look at Saquon, he's up there with Saquon. I think there's might be someone else that I'm forgetting. Um, but really not many since Adrian Peterson. So definitely a special talent. Um, and it'll just be interesting to see where he goes. Yeah. Um, the word I gave Bijan was special. Um, Bijan's my number two player overall in the class right now. And that's probably not going to change. Um, Carter's at one for me right now. Bijan's at two and Will Anderson's at three. Um, I, mean, I think Bijan's a generational talent. He's the best running back prospect since Adrian Peterson. I think he's better than Saquon. I think what he offers as an elite wide receiver, not receiving back, an elite wide receiver, it, it surpasses, I think, what Saquon can do. Um, and I think that the return game really doesn't do anything. Doesn't what Saquon brought to the like to the table as a returner didn't move the needle for me because he was never going to return kicks in the NFL. That's kind of like out the window. Um, I've never seen someone make more make individuals miss with such ease, um, and he can do anything, every, anything and everything on the football field well. Um, like if Bijan Robinson was like a full, like if he was a wide receiver, he'd be a top hundred pick still. He's he's that good um, in his routes, and I think he's gonna dominate the, the three. If he, I mean, okay, if he goes to the combine and participates, he's gonna, gonna he's gonna dominate the agility drills. I think he's gonna have he's gonna have a great vert, a great broad. Great explosive and agility movement, you know, drills. He doesn't have the greatest – he's not going to have the greatest 40 time, but he's got plenty of speed to pull away from you guys. I mean, you don't see – like, Jonathan Taylor didn't run this crazy 40 time, yet he pulls away from guys all the time in the NFL. So, 40 doesn't always translate to, like, game speed and, like, pad speed, um, like, in like speed, like, in full pads, on a football field and cleats and all that stuff. So, um, but, yeah, man – I the comp for Bijan Robinson, like, I don't want to say, like, I don't want to give him CMs. I think it's too easy. Like, but he really is like, a, he's very similar to CMC in the fact you can play him a slot receiver for an entire game. If you, had, if you had, say you had another running back he really liked, like an RB2 that was solid, like a, a, a topper, an upper tier wide receiver two, running back two, and like one of your receivers was down. You could play Bijan Robinson in the slot the entire game, and he would perform well. Um, I mean, the numbers alone, 104 missed tackles is stupid. It's so dumb. Um, just a, a, a guy who dominated for, for three years at Texas. Um, carried the ball 258 times this year for 1,500 yards, almost 1,600, 18 touchdowns. 6.1 yards of carry is crazy on 260 carries, basically. Um, you know, 16 and a half per reception is ridiculous as well. I mean, they only threw the ball to him 19 times, um, down from 26 last year, but his production was up to, uh, what, about 20 yards from last year on seven less receptions. So he's just such an elite player. Um, he can do everything, anything and everything you ask of him. I think he's a solid pass blocker. Obviously, he's not the best. 
in the class, but he's really, really good in that aspect. Um, he's an awesome pass catcher. Like I said, he's, he's an elite level wide receiver as well at the running back position. Um, he's an elite runner. I just, you just don't see guys with the innate ability to make players miss and do the kind of things he can do on a football field. It's just, it's so rare. It's so rare to see that. Um, I mean, he was he was he was the offense this year for Texas. Like as good as Roshan, I think Roshan Johnson is. Like Bijan Robinson was the offense. Um, yeah, man, he's special, um, generational. I would take him at six. Detroit should take him at six. I don't care about positional value at that point. Okay, cry me a river about positional value. Take him at six. He's the second best player in the entire class, and Will Anderson's not going to be there. Um, realistically, I mean, I don't know how he falls past Philly at ten. Like I know Hyatt Roseman doesn't really do that, but Bijan's also special to a just generational degree. So um, Philly at ten sticks out like a sore thumb to me. Um, you know, I think there's going to be a team that could trade up for him as well. I don't think there's a way he slips past, you know, the top 20. Like, there's just no way he falls out of the top 20, dude. He's so, so, so good. Um, like, frankly, if he falls far enough, Buffalo's going to go get him. Or Dallas is going to go get him and just reset the whole position. Or someone's going to – there is going to be a team that if he falls out of the top 15, that's going to trade up for him with a team that wants to move down. Um He's just everything. Everything you can say good about prospect, you, you can throw on. But he's, everything he does right off the field. He's an awesome dude. Um, he made he made a point to go out of his way to do a lot of charitable work in Austin this year. Not this year, his whole career at, at Texas. Um, you know, he always took it like I, I. There's a kid we, we played football with in high school, who uh, is on is on. He's a walk on at Texas, and Bijan bought like the entire team like beats for Christmas. Like the whole the whole squad got like custom UT beats. He has a yeah, like he has a brand deal with it. He has an NIL deal. Like he didn't get them for free. I tell you that he didn't get like a hundred pairs of those things for free. So um, he's a he, he's a really good teammate. Everything you hear about him, he's awesome off the field, um, just as good on the field. Really full high football IQ. Um, he's gonna go if he tests. He's gonna blow up some of the combine drills. Dude. He's gonna be ridiculous. Um, just can't. I mean, you're just gonna go watch the tape. Just can't put into words the stuff that he does sometimes on a football field. It's just so rare. Um, but yeah, um, he should be a top ten pick in my opinion. CMC went eight, right? What do you go eight? Right after Mike Williams, or is that I think John that Ross? No, right. he went eight. He went eight. He's a better prospect than Christian McCaffrey was, and and the in the seventeen class was better. Frankly, it was a better class. Um, if you look back at just the talent that was there, it's a better class. So. Um, someone's taking Bijan Robinson in the top ten. So someone's going to. It might be Philly. It might be. It might be Atlanta. Don't don't be shocked if don't be shocked if Detroit does it at six, dude. He's that good. Um, so yeah, man, I, he's worthy of the highest. You know, some one of the highest picks in the draft. Um, said Jameer Gibbs. If Philly doesn't take Bijan at at, uh, at ten, Gibbs at thirty one or thirty, I guess. Seems like such a good fit for him going going to Philly, right? Like, it just seems too easy to to put him in Philly and just 
let him go be a monster in that offense. Um, but yeah, man, that kind of I guess that wraps up the episode today with running backs. Um, again, I, I'm 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 higher on Bijan than you are, but um, he's still a dude, man. This the, he he's like I said, generational for a reason in my eyes. Um, but outside of Bijan, this is a really good class. I, I don't want that. I don't want to leave the episode off on a note of like, oh man, it's Bijan and everybody else. Like it is, but it's not because everyone else is bad. It's just because Bijan's that good. This is a really special class. I like the running back class a lot. It's deep. It's diverse. Um, you know, I talked about it earlier. You could be sitting there. You could be a team picking it like you know between seventy and ninety, and all, every you know all but what the top two of of Bijan and Gibbs could be there. And based upon what your team is and what your needs are, you could take any of these guys on your board, right? Like you can take any of them. Based on what you want, if you want a physical guy, you go get Charbon or, or, or Johnson. If you want a little shiftier or speedy guy, you can go get a chain or Spears. If you want a guy, your team that runs a lot of gap and a lot of zone and wants just a workhorse, go get Tank Bigsby. Um, if you if you're looking for a niche pass catcher who does a lot in space for you, can return can be a returner, go get Deuce Vaughn. Like it's it's a great class. Um, there's guys we didn't talk about like Zach Evans. Um, you know, it was going to be a high, another highly tied name in this class just with the pedigree he has as a hatter as a recruit. Um, but, yeah, man, it, it's a really special class. I think well-rounded. Um, there's, something, there's something for everybody. There's something for all preferences and flavors in this in this class, right? So um, everyone can find something that they love in this class, what they like in running back, and um, I think that's really cool. I think top fives across the board are so different, from, like with everybody in, in, in the NFL draft Twitter space or NFL draft space. So, Another cool thing that I like a lot um, about running backs and um, special class. And um, like I said, everyone kind of kind of kind of find something that they love here. So that's uh, I think is really cool. Yeah, I agree. I touched on it to kick off the episode. But yeah, I mean, this class is really versatile and there are so many guys that could go so many different places and so many different orders. So it's really makes it fun to watch and definitely always one of the more interesting classes of the draft. Um, That pretty much wraps it up. Um, we have two more positional rankings episodes before we kick off our first of six mock draft Mondays leading up to the draft. Next week's positional rankings, we are going to have um, safeties and linebackers. So our first dual position episode. Um, and then if you haven't figured it out, then that would leave interior offensive linemen and quarterbacks for the last episode. Um So obviously with this coming out on a Monday, we do have a normal episode coming out tomorrow. So stay tuned for that. In addition to follow us on social media at Cold Seat Podcast on Twitter and Instagram to see all the latest updates on the most important things, especially uh, with the NFL and for draft stuff. Um, But yeah, I think that's pretty much it. We have four positions left, two weeks to do it. And we will see you all tomorrow for the normal episode. See you guys later.